Knowing Jesus, that is the uh, most important thing in our lives. And uh, thank you, ladies, for leading us in worship this morning. The title of the message today is simply, This World Is Not Our Home. Amen. And it's okay. Let me, let me tell you now, it's okay to shout, okay? It's okay to shout here. That's fine. It's not going to bother me. Um, but this, this world is not our home. This text is... I, I, different messages, I struggle different ways of, of finding out what God wants me to preach, but this is clear today, this is where He wants us to be. So this world is not our home, so, so what do we do? How do we live in it? How do we function in it? How do we not get depressed and discouraged and, and, and upset about things that happen to us? But let's, just, let's jump into the text today and, and just let it speak to us. This was written primarily, I'll be in the book of Hebrews, it was written primarily to the Jewish Believers, this is very early church right here. This is right after, you know, Jesus is, we're before AD 70, uh, and because the temple sacrifices are still going on. So, uh, just, it's written primarily to the Jews, but it has a lot to say to us. So, in this world that is not our home, what do we do? Well, let's let it tell us what we do. Hebrews 13, verse, starting in verse 1, and we should have it up on the screen for you. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Verse 4. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Christ Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, which we're seeing a lot of in our world today. For For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sins are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. (laughs) Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Let us pray. Father, this is your word. This is what changes us. 
I can say all kinds of things, Lord, but only your word really changes us. It has the power to help us be better, be different, be more at peace in our lives. Father, I pray that you take this word today and just allow it to do its work, to speak to those in the way that they need spoken to, Father, to help them in whatever situations they're, they're bearing, Lord. Use it for your glory. Hide me behind your cross. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, we don't know who the writer of Hebrews uh, was. Uh, my personal guest is the Apostle Paul, although they said some different things in seminary. I'm going with Paul, and y'all, we can argue it out when we get to heaven because we'll get to talk to him. Of course, we won't have to argue then. But it was written to Hebrew believers, primarily the Jewish believers, in the very early church with this encouragement and instruction of how to conduct themselves. Now, what um, uh, it's hard for us to... Um, to grip and understand what they were facing, but already in this early uh, early stage, we don't know if this was you know around eighty fifty eighty sixty, but it was before eighty seventy. But they were already experiencing persecution. They were already seeing things uh, happen uh, that because this 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 incredible shift was going on from Judaism to now this this man called Jesus has has come in and has totally disrupted the religious system. And so you've got some that are trying to follow Jesus, you've got some that are following the old ways and there's this there's this conflict that is happening and 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 the temple is still being used for sacrifices. And also what what is hard to to just glean from reading the text and part of what Paul is trying to address and as he's speaking to the Jews, I said Paul. See how much I think Paul wrote Hebrews it's just ingrained. We don't know for sure that it was Paul writing, but what the writer was addressing here, which doesn't come off the page, is now this new church, suddenly, guess what's happening? Jews and Gentiles are under the same roof, under the unity of the gospel. That is two very different cultures under one roof. And they're worshiping God. That, is, that speaks alone to the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me just say up front, there's no way I'm going to be able to bring out all that is in this text. So I encourage you, when you get home later, read through Hebrews 13, 1 through 16, at least, and just let it, they're, they're so rich here, but there's, there's several things I want to focus on, in on. The first are the five, the five encouragements that come out just in, just in the first six verses. It's just packed full of, of encouragements for us who also live in a world that is not our home. Begin to let that thought sink in. This is not all life is. Okay? Whatever your life is, that, that's, not, that's not all. It's, this world is not our home. But we need to, sometimes we need to fight against the thought that this world is our home. Because sometimes we live our lives like it is. But it's not our home. Okay, so the first encouragement, brotherly love. To these original hearers, mainly the Hebrews, this could have been really challenging because the, the writer is saying, love your brothers. And, he, and this is mainly speaking towards brothers in the sense of, of the church. And, and again, in this newly formed church, you've got potentially Jews sitting right beside of Gentiles in the same room. Again, we don't understand this, but, but Jews and Gentiles didn't, they didn't talk. In normal, it was literally 
They avoided each other, but now they're being told to love one another, love each other. Uh, before this time, they didn't even consider Gentiles brothers. As a rule, they didn't even associate with them. And now suddenly, they're supposed to show them brotherly love. Number two was show hospitality to strangers. This, is, this has always been interesting to me because the text actually says, in showing hospitality to strangers, some have entertained angels unaware. That's just amazing, just in and of itself. But that, 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 that you could be um, being nice to a stranger and it's actually an angel that has been sent from God to do a work here and, and you're interacting with an angel and you don't even realize it. There's maybe one time in my life where I thought maybe that was an angel that I interacted with, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure, so I won't go through the whole story. But, but you never know. But the gist of it here is, is be nice to strangers, too. And, and what could, could have really been kind of under the, the, what the, the writer was after here is sometimes there will be new believers coming in that would be a stranger to these Jewish hearers, but be nice to them because they're, they're a believer and, and, and support them and, and work with them. And it follows right to number three. Remember those in prison. And these, again, is focused on mainly other believers in prison. This, was, this whole thing of rounding up the Christians was continuing to happen uh, in, in the very early church. And many times, people... And again, it's hard for us to understand this, but people were locked up because of their faith in Jesus Christ. They're just put in prison. And, and what the, the writer here, I almost said Paul again, what the writer here was saying is, remember those other believers who are in, in prison uh, and get, you know, get supplies to them, help them out. And, and we've got stories from, from scholars that, that, uh, that show... Um, how many times other believers would risk their own lives to go and get provisions to these fellow believers who were locked up in, in prison. And, and, and even sometimes they would, just, they would be locked up because they, they didn't have enough money to pay a debt or something. Because generally in this, this area or this time, so, so many of the Christian in the early church, they were poor. And didn't, didn't have much. So, so you would have these believers that didn't, maybe didn't even have much themselves, but they would all chip in and help the believer and, and pay them and redeem them out of, out of prison for just paying, helping them pay off their debts. Uh, when Origen, a, uh, this, this guy, Origen was an early church father. When he was young, it was said of him, not only was he at the side of the holy martyrs, in their imprisonment. So he was right there with them. And until their final condemnation, but when they were led to death, he boldly accompanied, accompanied them in danger. So he was right there with them. He, he, he was on God's side. He was serving the Lord right alongside at, at risk to himself in this. And these, as we're going through these, these can just automatically be applied to us today. We, I don't really have to do an application. It's pretty simple to just drag this over into our lives. And then number four, this one now by number four here, it does get more maybe universal. I mean, you can just you can put this right right into our lives as well. This encouragement uh, to the early church, it, it fits into our modern day. 
And this was the warning here. If you defile your marriage or go outside of God's will in this area, then God will discipline you. So um, now I know some of us are, are, are not married yet in here. So uh, if you're not married, it's, it's okay. Live by God's word now. And it will make your, your marriage stronger when that time comes, when God sends you someone uh, in a future relationship. And then we touched on number five uh, a little bit in, in our time this morning. Do not love money. Be content with what you have. Again, this is another really universal truth that we can pull right into our lives. And one that goes fully against our society today that revolves around what? Money. Right? It all The economy, the, the stock market, all of this stuff just revolves around money. Uh, really, for so, so many in our world, money is their God. It is. They work for it. They serve it. They try to accumulate it. They think it gives them power. But listen, no amount of money can match the inheritance. Okay, we're starting to get there. Y'all track with me. The inheritance of the poorest sinner saved by grace. See, because the writer, he's going somewhere. He's not just saying these things to be saying them. He's, he's going somewhere, okay? Let me repeat that again. But no amount of money can match the inheritance of the poorest sinner saved by grace. All right? I found this, this uh, next little bit from a, a sermon from Greg Laurie. Money is the main subject of nearly half the parables that Jesus told. Listen, listen to this. This blew my mind. The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer. It, fewer than 500 verses on faith. Are those kind of some biggies? Prayer and faith? Pretty big topics in the Christian walk, right? Okay, three people think it's right. Prayer and faith, pretty big topics in the Bible, right? Okay, so you would think the Bible would give a, a good portion of Scripture to that. Okay, that's... 500 and 500 to prayer and faith, roughly. But how many does God and, and Jesus teach? How many verses are dedicated to money? 2,000. 2,000 verses talk on money. This is not a little subject, right? Martin Luther, I thought this was really good, and it's credited to Martin Luther, the original Martin Luther. Um, uh, it's been credited with saying this, a person needs three conversions. The conversion of the head, the conversion of the heart, and the conversion of the pocketbook. Three conversions, that's what he said. And, and that gets the point across. Money is, is and always will be a biggie in, in all of our lives. Whether you're Christian or non-Christian, it's a big one to understand and to do it. With the key verse uh, coming, from, now it's just one verse, I'll just read it to you if that's okay. 1 Timothy 6.10 For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving, get that, it's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. So the encouragement here is be careful how you interact with and handle money. As here it states that it can even pull you away from the faith. Therefore, be content uh, with what you have and this, again, this is a tough one, especially when we see a lot of uh, incredible differences in what people make in different jobs and careers. I was 
I was recently just kind of blown away at what the, the new guy for the Panthers is going to make per year. I don't remember the exact number, but it was millions of dollars per year. And then you think about some of these CEOs that run companies in the ground, but they still get millions of dollars for doing it. And the rock stars that, I mean, all they can do is sing. <laughs> and, and it's like, and they jump around the stage and sing and millions and millions and millions of dollars spent. And, and you know, we're, we're sitting here many times just kind of scraping by making a living. But when we are content with what God has blessed us with, then not only are we more at peace with our own lives and even our position in life, but something else happens. Our attitudes are better. And then those around us want to know more about why and how we are living a content and peaceful life. All right, so this, this, Arthur, this author, whoever he was, I think it was Paul, um, of this, he started off with these encouragements. And he's leading to something that is the key for them, for these early hearers that were in this kind of persecution state. Uh, in their society that, they, they, that wasn't really warming up to them. And, he, and he's, he's going somewhere with this. And it's key for them and it's key for us. And I want to settle in on, on this topic with the time that we have left. And that is, this world is not our home. I want to reread verses 12 through 16 of, of our text in Hebrews 13. Verses 12 through 16. And, and think about this. Try to put yourself... Into the scene, as I, as I say many times. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate. In other words, they took Jesus outside of Jerusalem to, to crucify him. Because that's what they did with lawbreakers and disobedient people. So Jesus also suffered outside of the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For we have no lasting city here. In other words, in this life, we have nothing to, to hold on to. Nothing lasting here. But we seek the city that is to come. Through Him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge His name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So the writer here was calling these original hearers to join Jesus outside the gates. Whatever the cost, to their earthly lives, positions, pocketbooks. He wanted them to give all to Jesus. Realize that they had no in inheritance from this world. And for us, it's really the same. Listen, with all of the concerns, think about your life. All of the concerns you have. All of the challenges. All of the difficulties. All the relationship issues. All of the struggles of this life. These two verses are so important and they push us towards the same thing. This world is not our home. It's important for, for the Christian lives to understand this and, and how we live. Because if we 
live like this world is all we get, then we have a very depressing existence. Or we will have a very depressing existence if we live like this is all there is. And then when this is over, we just die. But the truth is, there's never been enough money to satisfy the human mind. Never enough power, never enough fame. There's always more, more, more want from the human existence. That is without Christ. So this truth can be revolutionary for your life, for my life, for anyone that will hold on to it. When we can hold the things of this life loosely, and even our place in this life loosely, and realize that that your life, my life, is but a vapor And all the things you have will be passed on to others and everything will eventually burn. So it can be so freeing then to shift your focus onto the things of God and His kingdom instead of focusing on what is wrong in your life. Focus on doing good for the kingdom of God as God leads you. Sing His praises as you go because nothing will satisfy like Jesus. Nothing satisfies like Him. So, what do we do? We follow these encouragements. Show brotherly love to others. Be kind to strangers. Remember those in trouble, especially other believers. And let me just pause right there. I, it's, it's amazing for, for a pastor. I mean, a pastor deals with a lot of different things. But to hear stories of how Members are doing, are living this out. They're they're helping other believers without me saying anything. It's just kind of happening at, at, at different times and, and different things. That just blesses my heart. So continue to do those things. I won't call your name to either embarrass you or or steal your praise for later. You're storing up treasures in heaven when you remember those in trouble and do things, especially for other believers. Number four, honor your marriage. That's straightforward. Number five, don't love money, but be content with what you have. Then, understanding that regardless of our position here on earth, remember from last week in Romans 8, which I love, Romans 8, 16 and 17, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And then, okay, here it comes. And then if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. This writer of Hebrews is saying something similar to us today. Just as Jesus suffered outside the gate, so shall we suffer in some ways in a society that has turned its back and really a society that for all practical purposes has lost its way. And they're just groping around in the dark trying to find its way in, in many ways. I don't know about you, but this election year, I'm hearing some ideas that are just unbelievable to be hearing in America. They're being promoted as a way to run our lives. And these are ideas that have been proven disastrous for other nations. And yet they're being promoted as as this is a, a way to go. Listen, the only thing that will work long term is following the ways of God and his word. That is why this country has made it for over 200 years. Because it was founded on the principles of God's word. Most of the American founding fathers were Christian. But you likely won't find that in any history book in our nation. In a public school today. 
There may be one or two out there, but you're likely not going to find anything about our Christian heritage anymore. But listen, for the believer, regardless of what happens in America, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. The poorest Christian on this planet will inherit more than the richest person on the planet that doesn't know Christ. Man, that's good. Amen. This world is not our home. Jesus has prepared us a home for us, and one day we will come. He will come again and take it, take us to it. The Romans could not change this truth for the early believers in the church, and the Democrats or the Republicans cannot change this for us. This world is not our home. So, what do we do? We vote biblically. Okay? We vote biblically. We sing His praises and we serve Him. We align ourselves with Jesus. We speak of Him and pray to Him in our daily lives. And then, when the trials come, we stick with Jesus. We follow His ways. We trust in His time and we serve in His kingdom. We walk out of the city, so to speak, to Jesus. So we walk away from this world to Christ. And we embrace the reproach that He embraced for us. The world hated Him, and it will eventually hate us if we live long enough and if we serve Him long enough. But remember, this world is not our home. We seek the city that is to come. In closing today, may our lives be aligned with Jesus. Are you listening to me? May our lives be aligned with Him. This was written to believers. And, and, and we're most, I think everyone in here is a believer today. May, look, think about your own life. Is it aligned with Jesus? Many times there, we can have some areas that are aligned with Him, but others that are not. So if, that, if, if, if you're in there then get right with Him today. If you've got some some areas that need realignment, don't hang out with sin. Repent. Turn back to Him. Get help where you need it. From godly counselors, friends, leaders. Lean on them. Ask for help. And if you happen to be here and you have not been saved, then what in the world are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Jesus died on the cross for you just like He died for everybody else. His rich red royal blood was shed for you. He's paid a price that you cannot pay. That there's no way you can. Only only thing you can do is place your faith in Him. So if that's you today, place your faith in Him before you leave. You know, if we could, if we could just bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. No one looking around. I, I try not to ever make assumptions. But if you're here today and, and, and you know that if you, if you died right now, you would not make it to heaven. And there's just a simple prayer you can pray straight to follow God and ask Jesus to save you. If you feel Him calling you to pray this prayer today, just pray it to God the Father. Just pray, Dear Father, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that Jesus is your Son, that He died on the cross for my sins. I believe that He rose again three days later. 
Dear Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and life and save me right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, with eyes back.